Qualified West Side host Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right. Welcome to the greatest show on earth. Here we are. On my left, my co host is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to talk shit once again, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Are you playing my theme musical, Blue Eyes? Yeah. War paint, yeah. sunrise, and yeah. my paint dries. The blood falls from yeah. the red sky. My lady singing that war cry. We'll break him up like mannequins. That's it. Look him in the eyes, they panicking. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, skinhead rap. What do you do? You like you like reservation rap, dude? Are you down with American Indian rap? Reservation rap. I'm down for whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's Rob's famous last words. I'm down for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who, all right, so yeah. Who, so who that's do you what I'm wanna, talking about. Hey, who do you? We're, do, first of all, we're down in the virus bunker on Melrose. We we're are sorry. at yes, we are we're Brooklynprojects.com. What's up? What's up? Shout What's out up? to Dom. Shout out to Dom. Big Dom. He was kind enough to let us use his retail. Right. Uh, his retail location right. as today's studio. Very special day today as well. Who do you want to interview? Introduce first because we got quite a few guests. We got we got some we got some heavy hitters here. Right yeah. Here. Um, let's right now. I want to introduce my thirty year partner, man, Mike Carnal. All right. Let's introduce the man. <laughs> The man, watch out! The LA photographer himself, Mister Esteban Oreo. Big scan. LA original, Mister LA original. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, what's good, Esteban? What's good? What's good? What's good? Good, Esteban. Married to the game. That's what I'm talking about. Esteban Orio and this show, we're doing, the show that we're doing today is the L.A. Original Show. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it, man. So, first of all, L.A. Originals dropped on April 10th. Yes, sir. Yep. Oh. All right. Which, uh, and it was on net. Is it exclusively it's on gone. Netflix? Yeah, exclusively so streamed if you want- on Netflix. It's been up there for uh, eight days. Eight yeah. days. And how's it, dude, first of all, how's it doing on Netflix? It started at uh, 10,000 out of 10,000. Yeah. And it went up to number 10, I think, the first or second day. Then it went to number eight, then to number six, then back down to seven, then six, then five. And five is the highest. The last that I heard, I was uh, two days ago. Man. I'm scared to look, though. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope it beats out I, that Tiger King. I'm tired. No, that, it ain't called Tiger King. It's called Tiger Queen. 
Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of seeing that right. guy's picture. It's she like, did her thing, though. The Tiger Queen. Yeah, we yeah, got to respect did. everything. Pounding those little boys. Right. Oh, is that what happened? Guys. <laughs> I know Dude, everybody, everybody, little, every, young. Man, everybody I know, bro, is, at least in my world, yeah. is... They're rewatching it over and over. Yeah, they say you got it's the greatest dog. It's, uh, man, oh. it's just like everybody's behind this Dude, thing, man. Right. The people, this is the people's fucking documentary. Of course. Me. Everybody knows that. And if you don't know it, now you do. Now listen, Esteban, honestly, for real, what's it like to be on Netflix? Um, well, to me, uh, the feeling was similar to when I saw uh, Weird riding in a uh, limo and we had just come off a tour with house of pain we were doing a promo tour and we got in the limo that was going to take us to our houses and jump around came on on the radio and like the the happiness in those guys face yeah was like man that that's some shit right there like out of every musician hmm. in the world their song was picked to be on the radio it wasn't paid to be on like right. back in the old days the, the radio station chose that song to play with you know the the best of the best right and that's to me i'm thinking that the same feeling that i got seeing my movie up there with all the other movies that are every single movie that's on netflix documentary right. movie mm-hmm. tv show everything that's on there and to see it you know being the charts was crazy to me. Like, I, it's it's overwhelming. You know, I had like, I got like 160,000 followers on Instagram. Boom. Within a couple of days, I, I was getting like 200. I, I usually get like maybe 20 texts a day. Yeah. I respond to all of them. Mm. I get maybe 20 emails a day. I respond to all That's of them. Right. Within the day. Mm-hmm. This was like Ooh. a couple hundred Texas, I was getting like my phone was blowing up like Texas emails, <laughs> calls, and DMs. Like the DMs are like I think they're like a thousand. I can't even re- you know I can't I I try to knock down like twenty thirty you know I try to say thank you back to everybody right. who's right. ever uh, been in my life whether they're supporting from you know me not knowing them or my friends or people that were in the movie. Like I'm trying to you know, say thank you back to everybody that's been a part of my life. Right. Yep. What's interesting about what you're saying is, is that in the film at some point, right, there's this great, I mean, to me, it's one of my favorite moments in LA originals is when you're complaining where you're like, dude, yeah. I fucking yeah. am trying to do the social media thing. I fucking did that. None of this shit works out. Now, now you've got overwhelming response and now you're having, now you got to work to try to keep up with all that. Well, it's work just to keep up with it without all that. Right. Like to try to think of, okay, you got 500,000 photos in your archives. What do you post? How much do you post? You know, like, like, uh, like Rob was saying, you know, it's not skinhead Rob. Yeah. Skinhead Rob was saying it's not the easiest thing to do this, you know, social media shit. I, I, I held back from it from a long time. Like I yeah. didn't, I wasn't into digital cameras. I wasn't into social media and my younger friends that were into it were like, Hey, you got to get on social media. Somebody even had taken my name. Right. And they were using my name and they had my photos. They had Joker brand. They, 
you know, already had started accounts under my name and my company's names. And I'm like, fuck, I can't even get that shit. So right. now what the fuck do I do? And so go, what did well, you do? Put a dot in the middle of your name, you know, so it's a Stevan dot Oreo. And for like a couple of years, that was my, my handle on Instagram. And then finally, all my, you know, people on there were bashing the dude who had the fake one right. with my real name. So right. He finally let it go, and and I was able to get my own name on Instagram, and I'd come in kind of in the late late freight, so I kind of missed the. There was this one thing where, if your pictures got on this one page, the Explorer page, like right when you open it up, yeah, everybody on Instagram had that same thing coming up on their page, yeah. So people were, if you got on that page, you were getting thousands of right. people on your shit. I came after that, so right. I, I missed that boat. But it's a little bit harder for me. But I was able to, you know, crack it a little bit and get, you know, get in there. But you know, I have to me. I think I have good enough content to be up in there in the in the in the higher ups of what I do. Right. But I wasn't getting there. Right. And I was thinking, like, if I post celebrities, you know, maybe it'll go up. If I yeah, post that's what you were dudes, saying in the film. Up. If I post hot chicks, it'll go up. Yeah. And and I would end up post like, you know, my, my classic photos that I was mm-hmm. taking with my camera throughout the years. And I would post, a you know, some bullshit picture with a with an iPhone on there. And people were liking it more than all the other shit. And I was like, man, this shit don't work. Fuck this thing. Yeah. And it would make me pull back from doing it. You know, I'd get discouraged kind of. Yeah. And um, people were like, no, you got to stick with it. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm like, man, I, I can't even. Like, I really like to work. Right. Like, to me, um, back in the day when I started photography, there was, you never knew what the photographer looked like. It was, that wasn't, that wasn't the thing. He wasn't in the frame. Yeah. You were, if you're a photographer, your strength was just the photo. But nowadays you have to be out there like that. You have to put yourself out there. Right. Your photography is like your company. It's your brand and you have to promote your company and your brand like you would anything else. So it's not just the photos. It's the photo. It's you. And it's how you market yourself and the photos. But yeah, it's you because people want to know a little bit about the guy, the story behind the photographer. Before they didn't give a fuck. They just wanted to see a good picture. Nobody cared about the, you know, the fucking dude behind the camera. Never. Right. But to that point, some of the best photographers, eventually you do find out their story. Like there's that great photographer who was like a newspaper photographer. They made a movie about him. Joe Pesci played the guy. Did you ever see that? And he was a newspaper photographer. So so his thing was, he was always like in some great spots to take a picture. But because at the time, newspaper photographers weren't considered art, yeah, they wouldn't respect him. But he kept at it and he kept at it and one of his innovations was he knew there was a shooting going down we're talking maybe like i want to say like the 40s yeah and he put a camera with a timer on it on a roller skate and he rolled it and he caught this amazing picture right as the shooting was going down joe pesci plays is great i don't know sean maybe you could look at him but um in any event you do find out the details of the real greats eventually you do find even like 
even like Picasso, like, you know, like he's an artist. And yet on some level, you do also learn about his life. So maybe the, the thing is, is that you're and, and John Muir. Right. You don't just know his photos. You know his life. I mean, part of what makes John Muir John Muir is that, you know, he actually lived that. And in a way, aren't you Los Angeles Street John Muir? I mean, aren't you that? I mean, let's not bullshit each other, aren't you? I mean, uh, you know, other other I have a hard time saying it, but I'm saying a lot of people would say that. Yeah, I am saying I'm fucking saying. Yeah. Public but, Eye. The name of the movie was Public Eye. Public you, Eye. It's wow. a great movie. Joe Pesci. Is it Pesci. on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Watch it. Boom. We watch it. It's on, Boom. It's on Amazon yeah. Prime. Oh. Boom. Boom. No, but anyway, it's a great. It's you should check that out because you're a photographer. Boom. You like it. Joe I Pesci will. plays that guy. Um. All right. So. So. I love that all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking lucky. So. Uh. Now, Steve, do you want to introduce the next guest? <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, the Ooh. next guest. Yes, we got one yours. of the one of the uh, one of the subjects on the LA Original. The one and only. The side. Come on, come yeah. on. Do we even need to introduce him? A road dog. Let's introduce OG Big Left. Big Left. Yeah. Back by popular demand, motherfucker. That's One true. of the stars of oh my LA Original. Come on now. Right. And, yep. That's and right. the lefty, how are you? I'm hiding crack in my ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hiding crack Bless. in his ass. Yeah. Hiding crack in his crack. Amen. And you know what? Come on. I, we're going to go ahead and bring all the guests on right, right now. Who, and, right. Who's and we Come got on. one more guest with us. Oh, yeah. Another soul assassin. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Another soul Come assassin. S-R-A-K-A Skinhead Rob Welcome to the show (laughs) Come on Thank you for having me back Yeah, this is his his theme song That's right We got S-R S-R has an interview as well in the movie so we got enough to be a part of it. Yes, yeah, you were. Yeah. So we've got a couple, couple, uh, you know, a couple of the gentlemen that were in this wonderful LA, documentary film, right. LA Originals. LA Originals. Um, it's like a reunion. Yeah, this it is. is. Yeah, man, we wanted to go in deep on this wonderful sh- on the on this show, man. We wanted to dedicate it to LA Originals and go Absolutely. inside and out. And great to have a Stev on here who can really, you know, thread us through. Right. Everything about that film and to have a couple people that were in it as well, my brothers, this is great. Go ahead. I was going to ask um, Esteban, so how long did this project actually take, LA Originals? It took 25 years. Um, mm. I've been filming since uh, the 90s. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that was, I have footage from, you know, my very first times filming. I had a uh, eight millimeter camera, a sixteen millimeter camera. Right. I had uh, these uh, mini DV, uh, and I think they are called Super Eight. Yeah. Some some other kind of eight uh, cameras. They had these tapes. So there's all different kinds of mediums that that were used to film all that footage that you've seen throughout the years, and then. Uh, we got signed in, I think, 2017 to uh, Sebastian Ortega's company called Underground in Argentina. 
and then we started uh, writing the story. Um, they had uh, Omar writing the story, and uh, we started thinking of who we could go out and get new interviews from right. that were present because all the footage was old. Right. And uh, we just started attacking that list, and uh, we got about 80% of the people that we, we wanted in there. Right. And then we realized that we had too much uh footage from everything too much interviews too much old footage and we we're like you know the first cut i saw was like six hours long <laughs> <laughs> so right from there it was like they were like okay here's here's an assembly of of the rough of what you know what what we have so you know we gotta obviously cut it down to like 90 minutes and that's where the the main process started a couple years ago and that was like you know from there was it or was it destined to be on netflix from yeah. there yeah because uh sebastian already has shows on there from argentina he has a show called el marinal which is kind of it's a prison show and it's uh you know it's a episodic uh tv show and it's on all the time and it's one of the number one shows down there so he already was in Netflix. Right. And he was like, I think we could get this to go straight to Netflix. You know, what do you think? And I was like, man, I'll take your direction because you're, you know, you're the pro at it. Right. Um, and and that's that's the route we went. Uh, of course, we had, you know, uh, film festivals set up. We were supposed to headline South by Southwest and a couple other ones. But due to the coronavirus, everything got canceled and that didn't happen which worked out in our in our in in our uh, advantage because you know it was on Netflix and nobody can go nowhere so they're kind of stuck at home watching it watching it mm. and uh that worked out good for us and Netflix yeah. and these streaming services at this time probably have a a huge need for finished product that they can keep putting out there while this quarantine's going on I would think yeah cuz you can you know there's only so many times you can watch something you know right and so um, the, the crazy thing is, is people have DM me already that they've watched it like five and eight times yeah. in a row, which is crazy to me because when I was a youngster, I used to go to watch yeah. movies in the movie theater over mm. and over. Like right. I, I would go to see, um, like Deer Hunter and Raging Bull and oh, yeah. Taxi yeah. Driver. W- right. Woodstock. You know, we watched those movies over and over at the movie theaters. <laughs> I watched that motherfucker. Sorry, bro. You, get your, you got your time to shine. I'm not shining. I don't need no shine. I you shine. <laughs> Didn't you watch Woodstock? <laughs> the original? How many times? Probably about three. You saw three. It's hard to sit through that and watch it. I mean, you have to love the music. I know? love that and fucking he's talking music. about Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Godfather. These are movies you watch over and over and over again. It's yeah. so good. Woodstock. Like, How about like, Once Upon a Time in America? Wait, that hold one too. Hold on. Right. Hey, I mean, what's our, I mean, that's a movie. All right. Hold ahead, on. Bro. Look, okay, thank you. Fuck I just want to like lay the scene for. Listen, I just want to lay the scene for a second. So we're all sitting here, right? And you know, Esteban Oriol's going, you know, kind of in his like fucking sensei mode, and you know how Esteban. On is he's a little low key and he just kind of lays it out there. They know I interrupted. Hold on, and then <laughs> listen, yeah. chill the fuck out. And then, you know, so Esteban's like, yeah, man, and we went back and we did it. And he was tripping me out. And then he he opens it up a little bit. And he's like, you know, you could watch, you know, you know, fucking 
Godfather, da, 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 Deer Hunter, driver. Taxi Driver, right. And then all of a sudden, Lemp goes, Woodstock. And yeah. like somebody, who, was that you, Steve, yeah. that started laughing? Oh. I started laughing. Everyone started laughing because we're like, what? We, we, that didn't even fit the thing. And then Lemp gets mad. <laughs> no, I don't you, get mad, bro. But you do. You did. You were but like. Because Woodstock was a classic. But like, can I say something? Yeah, please. All right, check this out. Go ahead. So when I watched the movie, the f- I watched it one time. All right. All right listen. Mm-hmm. So uh, what yeah. came to my mind when I was watching it, the way the music and the editing and yeah. everything, it reminded me of the first time cartoon. <clears throat> we were going to the magic show. Yeah. In Vegas. How is this? Can I get what? them talking, bro? <laughs> get you. Like, fuck. It's like, it relates to the movie. I have something that related <laughs> okay. to the movie. Okay. Right. So LA Originals, when I was watching it, yeah. it reminded me when Toons put on, he goes, you've never seen this DVD? And it was a tour that Dre did. With smoke. Snoop up in smoke, and they uh. played it on the fucking DVD all the way to Vegas, and I watched that fucking DVD. And I go, and it had been out for a long time, but me being a motherfucking uh, uh, individual that would, yeah, we always up in the uh, up north in the gated community. Anyway, so what I'm getting at is, they're like, this shit has been out like. And I'm like, and so I watched the fucking L.A. Original. I go, man, it was like there were scenes in, in, in the L.A. where like when Snoop, when they played the music and Snoop was doing the dance in the hall, I was like, whoa, man. It, it, it kind of reminded me the way the editing was, like the way they did the, what's what? Up in smoke. Up in okay, smoke. okay. So it was, so hold on a second. So anybody who DM, right. st- stop trying to, now listen, you got to understand this, Lefky. A lot of people uh-huh. that DM you to be like, let you Mahan let you talk. Let me tell you. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. Can ahead, I bro. finish? No, yeah, because right, I get yeah. a lot of DMs. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. It ain't about you, Mahan. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. When they say they, they tell right. you, Mahan, to let you talk, you know, don't interrupt right. you, right? right, right like, you right. need to flex on the Indian, da 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 da. All right. I'm just telling you. Chumaha's my cousin now, so yeah. we ain't tripping. No, we ain't tripping. But this right. is why, because you, I, we're talking to right. the great Esteban Oriol, right? right? right. And but he's been great before the fucking movie. So hold on, hold on, hold on. He right. was telling a story. He was telling a story. All right. And then you interrupted, and then we went on a long diatribe about Up in Smoke. Right. And I'm just saying, I'm trying to get it back there. Dude, we're going to get you. We have some amazing <laughs> stuff for you. Bro, hey, have, let me tell you. I, I, run, I run Sober Livings, man. You said, I just said the most you as an equal. Listen, no, like, ain't no hey, one hey, ahead hey, of nobody hey, in the sober No, no, no. Listen. Shit, bro, a, we hey. got the alley back there. <laughs> listen, <laughs> hey, listen, come on. Right. Listen, right. I might good. not win, but I'm gonna no, fucking no, no, stand yeah, my ground. Listen, bro, I'm hey, like, you... tall motherfuckers line it up, short motherfuckers <laughs> pair it up. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> bro, that Redbird, red, don't put the red. Don't bird. get the red bird in there, bro. That's All an right. inside joke. Okay, listen. All right, go. I'll All let right, you so, finish, bro. No, no, no. I'm trying to get it so that it go back to Esteban. It's right. about. It's called L.A. Original, I not know, L.A. Lepke. No, I got L.A. tattooed on me. Listen. A few times. Dude, you were in the movie for like 20 seconds. Let the, matter, let the director that. tell the fucking story. Yeah, and then uh, they're like, you moon you moon me on the movie? I'm like, I moon the world. What that's right. Yeah. Dude, of course. You see the baby powder in my ass? Kiss listen, my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. First of all, let, uh, you know what? Since we're here, since yeah. we're fucking here, Esteban, you were telling the story, but okay, fine. What story was he telling? He was talking about, about the, them that watching it over and over again. Time. We know, yeah, I understand. I've certainly, you know what? I've watched it. I've watched it a couple times now too. And I think that the reason that people watch this film over and over again is for one, it's very it's very high powered. It's a high voltage right. film. There's, right. And you're aesthetically looking at the film, there's just so many powerful images that are coming at you. And it's 
And at some points in time, you don't get to really digest. As soon as you begin to really poke into the picture, maybe it's moved on or there's something else. And it's so much to take in that you want to, you almost want to stop and pause and and really take in. There's so much beautiful photography, so much beautiful yeah. artwork. It's colorful. It's, it's a vibrant. Lot. It's a lot, man. Right. And um, I had to watch it a second time because I really needed to take a few minutes to. And I grew up with these guys. I mean, right. We, we we did this a lot of this stuff together. I had to really take some time to digest all like all that that movie encompasses right. and is showing yeah. you, man. And yeah. I think it is something that. And I'll watch it, and I'll watch it a few more times. Right. Um, so I think that this is definitely a movie of Stavon that's going to stream over and over. I think people as it more as it should more than just your person that's not around. It. Even people that have been around it, they want to even watch it more because they really want to get clear on oh that so and so oh look at you know. So I think that you're going to get a lot of streaming on this film, bro. Yeah, because it 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 gives because you got to think like the majority of the people who are watching this. They don't have access to, to any that. of that. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. They're not right. around. Right. Right. Any any level of it. Right. Whether it's the music stuff, whether it's the models, whether it's the gangsters. Like right. that's so far removed right. from most people's everyday life, you know, that that when they get to see it so up close and personal, because you know, this dude's been everywhere. That's right. Everyone in in the shit, you know, like I mean, how many different photo shoots we've been on with this dude right all the different neighborhoods you know what i'm saying there's right. not a lot of people who have access to that like estevan you know so for people who are way outside to be able to check it out it's it's huge yeah it's huge yeah. I, i'd imagine they get infatuated and yeah. it's I would, I, so interesting like the, from from start to finish whether absolutely you yeah. know his stuff cartoon stuff the story yeah. of Everything behind the scenes, you know, the impacts and right. all the celebrity in it. You know, yeah, everything. I mean, there's so much. And but, uh, but also, I want to say that another reason, Estevan, that I think people would see it again is is also because of the nostalgia aspect of it. You know, the film does a great job of transporting you back to a time and a place when mm-hmm. things were happening in a certain way that they're never going to happen like that again. Like that kind of like when I watched the film and I was looking at it, I was thinking to myself, you know, this is a fascinating portrait. Thank God, you know, you guys were there to kind of like document it because it's not going to be like that ever again. Yeah, right. 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 And I'll be honest, like watching it, like that shit, you know, brought me to tears. Yeah. It's sad. Those, those yeah. are some of the yeah. best <gasps> times of my life. Yeah. Right. Was with yeah. these dudes and all that. We and, said that too. Chuman, know? me and Chuman said the same thing. It was kind of like this closing of a, a door right. of a right. time that we'll never be able to relive again. Right. But right. then you want to know yeah. something? That's with everything. Right. Yeah. That's if you right. talk with somebody from the 60s, they're going to tell you, you know what I'm saying? Right. And ours just happened to be really colorful. And thank God ours was captured by Estevan. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we get to all review it and really look at how many motherfuckers before us are trying to explain it to their friends. Right. right. Dude, you just don't know, man. It was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. right. Now there's a documentary. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it, it did kind of, there was, man. You almost don't want it to end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, so Estevan, um, did you feel that too? Did you feel like, you know, on a certain level, like what, what was captured in the film was sort of a time period and then there was a kind of an ending to it or like, like that chapter's, while it, you have all the material, that chapter's done. Yeah, those chapters are done. But, yeah. uh, you know, I still have a shit ton of footage that could go on to do, you know, more 
uh, offsprings of that that story. Right. And that's what I am going to do after this is, you know, I'm going to shoot off and do some some of the offspring stories from that that particular movie. But um, did they ever think did Netflix because it's Netflix and yeah. they have a little more liberal yeah. way to put stuff out have has there been any discussion about maybe doing a series well we went in there with uh with that in mind like we're like you know this could be kind of like a, a defiant ones type of thing where yeah. there's four different you know parts of it and we could you know do low writing in this section or you know right hip-hop or you know different things or or you know through the times you know this this period of time that period of time that period of time but they came to the to the point of you know let's just do a ninety minute one piece documentary. So you know, you could still do a series. You know what, dude? You sh- you guys should do fucking Steve. Seriously, you guys should do like a Ken Burns not not hit do like a Ken Burns version of the nineties where you would have you could bring in whatever narrator you wanted and the music and all that other stuff and document like historically right partially yeah. the streetwear like you were saying and do like a Ken Burns but like a west side Ken Burns like did you see the Ken Burns Vietnam yet did no. you watch oh bro it's it's incredible is it on but, Netflix it's on Netflix okay, and it's but, Vietnam by Ken Burns but it's like 12 parts yeah but I mean they go from like right Viet Cong they interview all the Viet Cong and North like you're getting everybody's story from outside of like just the US story and you're getting the behind the scenes US story too yeah you could Gnarly. do that with all the footage that you already have yeah right absolutely all you would need to do is just bring in some other voices and then just tell a story of the different parts and you could start I mean you could just make an urban style Ken because Ken, Ken Burns is usually for historian oriented people yeah 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 but like for this it could be updated and translated into the West Side culture. And I mean, as what Rob was saying is great because those people in 90 minutes, they're never associated with any of this. They don't have any background. They don't have any footing. A much more extended, more detailed thing would give them some reference and some footing to really get a sense of what it was really like. Maybe Skinhead Rob could be the narrator. What do you think about that, Skinhead? I don't think anyone wants to hear me talk. (laughs) Bullshit! (laughs) Bullshit! We just got done. Actually, actually, you do have a pretty sexy voice over there, Rob. I have a face for radio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Listen, when... when, when, when... I have a face for radio, bro. (laughs) See, I told you this motherfucker got all the lines, bro. I'm telling you right now, when Steve Luciano says, if you do what Skinhead Rob does and you'll get laid yeah that actually well, means that that's really false. means something right yeah bro when, when lucky false. says it <laughs> when lucky stupid. says it dude have you seen some of lucky's ex-women there <laughs> he's been around him <laughs> oh she just seen some of his ex-women ah, all right Shit. So, so Just now follow like, me and Rob, and you'll be okay, <laughs> right. dude. I, when Luciano says it, now listen, uh, Esteban. So you only had ninety minutes, right? And half of the 90 minutes was for, Mr. was for Mr. Cartoons, right? Like he had his thing and you had your thing. <clears throat> and so somewhere along the way, right, in this short amount of time, you couldn't even put Brooklyn Dom in it. You, it's like, dude, we got... You we want to know about the cuts you had to make. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold on yeah. no, hold on. How many hearts you had to break? Yeah. How many egos you had to crush? How hard was that to make the decisions and all that stuff to be like, sorry, Brooklyn Dom, but you're on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was that one wasn't that hard because we never. <laughs> he was never in from the gate. Yeah, he was never even considered. <laughs> right. Damn. After, uh, Dom, you hear that? You we were never you, even in the yeah, running race. If I can't for this get up shit. on the website, then you ain't getting in the documentary. That makes sense to me. But um, was there any ones that were tough where you were like, "Fuck"? Did you catch any shit? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, Dumb. of course you want your your in the tenth episode. All, you, of course you want all your best friends and right. your family, every right. member of your immediate family, and all your you know top ten best friends. Right. So to be able to pick a couple of those and a couple of those, like I had a because the editing process was done in Argentina. Right. I wasn't, you know, in the editing room Smart. every day, you know. Smart. And that kind of uh pulled me out of it to where I could see it kind of from, you know, I wasn't like what people don't know is editing is the hardest thing of making a movie. Right. Like getting the the seeing what's a great story, going and filming that, making it look cool, that's easy. Right. Um, picking music, that's easy. You just pick some hits or some real cool right. sound of shit, that's easy. Editing is the hardest part of that process because it's like watching paint drive. You ever sat with a person that's editing anything? Yeah, absolutely. You want to kill yourself. Right. It's <laughs> fucked. It's right. like horrible. Like they're just clicking buttons and clicking buttons and you're just watching waiting almost for something happen and nothing's happening. They're just typing in all these buttons. You're like, fuck, when something's going to. When is that that clip gonna actually be in the in the lineup? And it's the process is just I don't know, man. Editors are a whole different kind of. Person. You gotta rewatch Reader the people. same. You gotta rewatch the same fucking over sequence a thousand times over again, and you have to get it timed right to where if you're going for a word, it has to be like timed perfectly, right. like connecting from this word to that right. word, and you. It's just it. It's a better thing to be where you're getting cuts sent to you and you're like, okay, I like that. I don't like that. Um, right. Put this in there, put that in there, take this part out. It's way better to see it happening that way than to be in the room sure. all day, every day. It's like, you know why Esteban's that a genius? That makes a lot of sense. You know why yeah. Esteban's a genius? I'm going to tell you this because <clears throat> the editing process was in another country, Argentina. So anybody who got butt hurt because they were left out, he had like the perfect excuse cover to be like, look, dude, it's in Argentina. Yeah. Like, what do you, I didn't make the decision. It's not even made by me. Really? I have to, there's some things I could say, but this shit happened in another country. I can't, perfect. you know, right? That, did yeah, you ever, did you ever have to actually say that? Be like, look. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, because there's a <laughs> yeah. gang of motherfuckers with sore butts huh, out yeah, there. Yeah, there's like, you know, there's so much footage that didn't make it and so many people that didn't make it in there. Yeah. Like if people were in there, like one blink of the eye, they're cool. Right. They're like, I saw myself, I'm cool. Right. Like, Shh, thank you, bro, for putting me in there. Right. What I tried to do also is I had a, a list of thank yous that I tried to include everybody that was in it and that wasn't in it. And right. You know, like that's hard to do, even that, you know, like, right. That was all me writing shit down, you know, so it's like that wasn't, I couldn't blame another country for that, right? You know, I couldn't be like, well, you know, they didn't put it down there in Argentina, so it's not my fault, right? You know, sorry about that. Like, I had to think of all the names and I had Damn. to put them in order. What was, what was the criteria where you're like, fuck, I can't, if you did, like, I can't get another one on the line, like, is this is it. 
what was there a criteria where you're like uh well there was a lot of people that i you know that i wanted in it and that i wanted to interview but i wasn't the only one making those decisions like right. people were like you know the people that i was working with were like you know well what's their story why do you feel that's important and what is it well we already have that with this guy you know like right. i said like well let's let's shoot a homie you know that's in the hood that i took pictures of okay cool well you did a hundred of them right which ones are you gonna pick well i want to use this guy this guy this guy and they're like well that they have the same story as that guy let's use that guy or you know it was real hard to narrow it down but i had to also i had to be teachable and listen to people that were in have been there before me right with this type of uh work you know i've done um, a thousand you know videos for the web and i've done you know 50 music videos but this was a whole different animal right so now that so now that you've set that all up the 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 next question i feel like is that that is so of all the people that you know couldn't make it da, 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 da. there's one guy Hold on a minute. We're jumping ahead. So I got a couple of questions. How how was it in with the process working with you and Tunes? Uh, was it was it a lot of back and forth? Was there you know was it a wrestling man? I mean, was there no with Tune is pretty much he's tattooing mm-hmm. and doing his thing, and me directing and stuff was my thing. You know, yeah. So he was, he put like the trust in my hands, like, hey, you know, out of the two of us, you're the guy who specializes in filming and editing and directing. You handle that. Mm. If it, when it comes to drawing, tattooing, painting, airbrushing, you know, let me, you know, run with that ball, you know, mm-hmm. cause I couldn't be over there telling tunes, hey, Holmes, I think you should airbrush like this, right? Or right. Tattoo like this, or, you know, I'll, I'll, of course, I'll throw in my two cents here and there. You know, like, hey, homie, why don't you try this or try that? You know, but he's like, you know, like the homie Muggs always says, uh, whenever you come with him, like, hey, mm-hmm. you should do a record like this or let, you know, you should use this person in your album or that. Mm-hmm. His comeback to that is, that sounds dope, homie. You should do that on your record. <laughs> Meaning, right. this, this is my shit. Let me do my shit. Right, 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 so, right, right. That comes, you know, when you have friends and you're working with friends and you respect your friends and what they do, mm-hmm. you let them do their thing and you don't really, you know, like I can't tell you, hey, how do I, you know, you should try selling, you know, this brand to stores like this, you know? Right. You'll be like, hey, homie, I've done millions and millions of dollars worth of sales, you know, let me do my thing. So I think that's how it is with, you know, with us, with me and Tunes, is like if it's a if it's a directing, filming, or photography thing, you know, he's like, you got that. Right. If it's drawing, it's painting, tattooing, whatever, that's you. If it's us going in to do a job together for a brand or for something, then that's when we, you know, of course we talk everything out in the beginning, like, hey, we should do this, we should do that, we should do it like this, do it like that, mm-hmm. and then both of us would go our own way and do our our part mm-hmm. and then we come back and show it to each other like hey this is what i came up with that's dope this is dope let's put these two things together like this 
and then we send it off. And that's kind of the same way it worked with this. It's dope, man. It's uh, there were definitely some some interviews in there that I didn't that I didn't expect to see. Tell me, I you guys, it seemed like I was I was taken away when honestly. I I knew that Cartoon had worked with Kobe, that you had done some pictures and that he had done some stuff with Kobe, even his wife. And there were different things in the past that yeah. he had shared always with us about Kobe. But, um, you know, man, I think that with it being so close to his passing, yeah, that really caught a lot of people off guard. It caught um, me off guard. Right. And tell me about... Um, Tell me about that, man. Like, how did, how, what did you guys like? Was that always? I would imagine that was always going to be in there because I know you guys get down. He's part yeah. of the story of LA Originals, but yeah. um, how did you figure out where that was going to go? Well, we, you know, we, we, it was all in there before he passed, so right. everything was already locked in. Mm -hmm. um, we met him a lot of years back when. Uh, Somebody reached out to Cartoon to do a, a logo for Vanessa, his wife. Right. So we told him, yeah, come down, you know, to the studio and we'll have a meeting. Mm -hmm. Well, when she came, he came with her. So we met him. And the way I've always been is I never really rush people to do photos. You know, I, mm -hmm. I always do it. Like, I think there's a time and place for everything. Right. Appropriate. Where, mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas most photographers will rush the opportunity right when they get a chance mm -hmm. and they get a lot of great shit like that. But I never, I never felt like that. So I always, uh, there's a lot of shit I missed and I could have shot him at that time and got some sick photos of him. Never did. We thought he was going to come back with, uh, her to look at the logo and we ended up having we sent it out on the email and he, they never came back and then he came back years later to get a tattoo and i was i think out of town you know doing one of my own things so i wasn't there when he came to get the tattoo to shoot him for that so we had actors we had musicians we had homies we had low riders we had uh family members we were, had pretty much everything but sports people in the documentary so you know you always uh you know shoot for the stars and hope to land on the moon Amen. right 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 so we shot out you know to kobe and we got it you know so we didn't have to you know bullshit with a bunch of other people we we're like man we got kobe like right there you there's, go there's sports right there mm -hmm. and um we went down and did the interview i think they gave us like 15 or 20 minutes to be able to interview him it was in irvine so we all drove down there and did the interview and then uh i only took two photos of him that day and it was in his office so it wasn't like i had a cool background or it was in a cool setting or at the stadium or anything and that was the only pictures i ever got of him but you know luckily i did you know luckily i did at that time because most of the times we were doing interviews i wasn't they we had a, a photographer that we'd bring with us to do like behind the scenes shit so a lot of times i didn't shoot photos on the interview so you know luckily now i i was able to catch a couple shots of him that day actually really two shots 
When was that? When was that interview done? <clears throat> and that you went down there. When was that? I wanna say maybe like six months ago. Ooh, seven man. months ago. So were you were wow. taken aback wow. when you heard about the accident with Kobe? Uh, yeah, of course. When I saw, like, when I first saw the rest in peace Kobe on on Instagram. Yeah. To me, I I thought somebody like like somebody had uh what beat him at something right. or he like got he traded shot or more something. baskets mm-hmm. or did, you know like something everything but him dying right, right of course i thought yeah. that somebody like you know surpassed him in one of his you know records records or whatever and i was like oh okay you know somebody must have got more baskets or more championships or something than him and that's why they're putting rest in peace and then you you start seeing them come in where people was, were screenshotting like news things like, you know, Kobe's helicopter crash and, you know, he died. And I was like, damn, that's fucked up, you know? And then when it really hit me was when they said his daughter was with him. <sighs> and then I was like, man, yeah. that's the coldest right there. Cause I've been on hundreds of planes before. And I know that whenever there's like a turbulence or anything that, in my head, I'm saying this could be it. Mm. As soon as a plane starts bouncing around, I go, this might be the one. Because right. I've been on so many. Right. This is probably that one. Fuck it, you know. But I'm going to uh, remain calm because mm-hmm. people start panicking. Right. And, like, right. Women start letting out little yells and stuff right. like that. And when you look at somebody next to you and the, the plane is shaking or it drops, like, you know, it feels Ooh. like it drops for like 50 or a hundred feet and then it mm. catches again. And, and when you're seeing people in those situations, you start thinking like, okay, well, somebody has to stay calm. Mm-hmm. Cause if this plane crashes into the water or, you know, they land it and it's crashed. Yeah. Somebody's got to open the door and help people out. And right. that's what you got to do. Right. That's what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And when that when I heard his daughter was on there, I just thought of him, you know, comforting his daughter, you know, even if he was telling her it was going to be all right, knowing it, it couldn't be, you know, like it, it might not be. And that's like a, a fucked up thing to have to tell your kid. You know, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but. I was picturing him saying, it's okay, baby. You know, we're going to be all right. As a father. Yeah, as a father, you know, trying to comfort his daughter. And she might be, you know, because people get terrified. I've seen people cry. I've seen people yelling on the planes and shit like that. And, you know, we all know, you know, Travis was in a plane crash. And he's the only one that's living out of that plane crash. And. Little Chris, rest, rest in, in peace. peace. And, yeah. you know, Jay, Jay, rest and in peace. DJ AM, rest in peace. Rest like in all man. those people, like mm. they they didn't make it for, you know, some mm. of them didn't make it in the accident and some of them didn't make it after the accident. Mm. Right. You know, there's there's this uh, survivor's guilt right. know, that comes with that. Mm. And uh, I just was picturing him with his daughter, like those last moments and that fucked me up, you know, like mm-hmm. that, like had me like choked up. You know, right. when I was talking, because me and my son were watching it, just unraveling on the news, and mm-hmm. he's a huge sports fan, and uh, we are just tripping out, going, fuck, man, and I know he loves the shit out of Kobe, you know, and I was like, man, this is crazy, and then when they said there was a daughter, mm-hmm. and then the other families, and there was other kids mm-hmm. on there, I was like, man, that's fucked up, Yeah, and I was tripping out that 
you know, all the shit that people were saying, like it was, you know, the pilot was doing this, the pilot was doing that. And, you know, why did he do this? Why did he do that? And you think like, I've been, you know, in just running around in the streets and, and you hear helicopters all the time and you see them doing these, you know, uh, surveillance, you know, around like, maneuvers like a, you know, and all crime shit. and shit like that. Yeah. And you see them doing these high speed chases and they're doing some crazy shit. And, right. and on the Blink 182 video, mm. we had a helicopter and they were going underneath the bridges. Right. In, mm-hmm. in the video. In and the then river. they did another part where they came up on top of the bridge and then they followed the car across the Sixth Street Bridge. Mm-hmm. So you can see what what people can do with those things, you know. And so it's a trip to hear that the guy couldn't see because of the, the fog the or, fog or whatever yeah. and crashed into the side of the mountain. I'm like, you know, there's just so much shit that, that you, nobody will ever know or, you know, what happened, you know. I think that's the well, that's one of the crazy parts about it too. It, not only is it that, you know, Kobe was a great athlete and and also a great father, right? Yeah. Like he, his his daughter was real involved in sports and that's what he was doing at the time, yeah. right? But also that that there's an aspect of it that nobody will ever really know. Yeah. Right? Like that kind of also is a little bit haunting like, you know, they you can speculate all you want, you can bring in Air Force colonels to talk about whatever, but at yeah. the end of the day nobody really knows exactly what happened. Yep. You know, it's a trip um, because you. I hear so many people after watching documentary like, damn, dude, they, they got Kobe. Like, I didn't know they shot Kobe. I didn't know they interviewed Kobe. And from an insider's perspective, I knew that you guys were already fucking with that, with Kobe, short to speak, you know, business and different things like that. <laughs> what was interesting as well was I've got people that have known you for the last 25, 30 years. They know about what you've done. And if you listen to our first podcast, Esteban talks about shooting Robert De Niro and Al, Al Pacino. That's Robert like one De Niro, of my favorite okay? stories. And to me, I always say like next to this documentary, that was always like my biggest moment for Esteban, you know, like, right. Mm-hmm. And he got the photograph idols, you know? Right. And people were like, I can't tell you how many people hit me up and they're like, dude, he shot fucking Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. I'm like, yeah, man, he shot the fucking movie. Of course he did. Of the whole, you know what I mean? But it's interesting because people that have known you that grew up in this town, follow you, didn't really pay attention and know that. And I think that that adds to your value mm. on, a, on a massive... Mm. I mean, listen, dude, we know you're good whether you shot those guys right. or not, but in some people's eyes, they're like, dude, if you shot Pacino and De Niro, you could right. quit. now you're like... All right, now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I just think that there, there's so much to reveal in that film and go in depth. I think that some of us, maybe the guys in this room, take it for granted that everybody knows what you've done. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we for just sure. take it for granted. But in reality, I mean, the people that aren't connected, they have no idea. They might be like, that's the dude who did the fingers. And and that's big enough as it is. You know what I'm saying? But as you start to scale it back, bro, I just think think it's just such a great historical piece and such a great piece for you, man, to introduce a Stevan Oil to the world, man, because... 
You're not just some photographer that's like got hot five years ago or did some old shit. You're trying to relive the glory days. Bro, you stayed consistently busy for 25 years with the hottest motherfuckers. Check it out. Hey, so so do you remember the quote the day after you shot him because I called you? Yeah. You remember exactly what you said? You want me to say it? Grinding. No, uh, no, wait, 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 wait. Grinding on my life? No, I'm going (laughs) to tell you what you said. That's not what you said. Bro, I called you. Yeah. I go, where you at? You go, I'm down here at the studio, Century City or somewhere, wherever that fucking studio Culver was. City. Culver City. Yeah. So I go, I remember the quote after he did. He goes, I go, hey, what are you doing, bro? He goes, if I wanted to quit today, I could quit after this one. Yeah. I didn't even know what he was talking about. And later I, I found out. Right. Because he, he told me, hey, remember that, what I told you? I was like, what do you mean? You quit what? Like, you ain't never going to fucking quit. Are you, you, you 18 hour, 20 hour on the, you know, let's roll, man. You better be ready to roll with this motherfucker 20 hours because they talk about some workaholic shit. It's like suit up, boot up. We leaving six in the morning, seven in the morning. Get in the car, you get your coffee, and let's roll. And the music loud. And, and you might cut- not be back till the next yeah, day. No, yeah, listen, we rolling yep. in the cutlass. I remember, man, from the gate, man. What you was know? it like? Because you lived with us. Let for me tell a while. you like you this, man. Me and Car- well, Describe that path. I'm gonna tell you, man. I'm gonna I'm right, get paddles. out. I, I'm gonna tell the truth. Yeah, do it. Tell the so truth. So this is what we're doing, man. I'm For original once. gangster Lepke, Westside <laughs> Rebel, Skinhead Rob. Shout out, shout out to everybody in the room. Yeah, it's like this, man. This is the deal, man. It's like it's like I gotta give luck. A lot of people don't know the way it happened was when me and Lucky were on the yard. Yeah. Okay, we on the yard, right? So Esteban was writing to us and shit, and I'm like, yeah, who's it? Don't worry, this is a homie that's gonna look out for us when we get out. This is my G homie. He's my my my. God, he's the godfather to my son. And anyway, he's like, yeah. And when, and when we get, where, and he, and he uh, so he's like, I'm gonna get you a visit. So I'm like, all right. Well, so the, the, anyway, make a long story short. So we off the yard. Yeah. All right. So then I'm over there with my homeboy Dave, man. And Lucky called me. He's like, look, man, we got this club popping. Rest in peace, bigger B. We got the club heat going. We're gonna. Can you work two days a week? Let's get this work thing going. What do you want me to do? Booyah, try bounce, whatever. Security personal, this whatever. <clears throat> so they got me up in West Hollywood at the club heat. Like I said, shout out to Bigger B. So now, Soul Assassin. Anyway, so here we go. We get. We, we, we trying to. You know, we're gonna make it like so. So you know, we, there. So we can get to the point. Yeah. I happen to be a Buena Park alumni. Yeah. Uh. 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 uh oh, what's his name from the car club? Oishi. Oishi. Shout out to Oishi House of Lowriders. We got. Yeah. You know, we got to give. We we giving the props, man. We got to give the shout outs where they're due. Yeah. So anyway, Lucky kept fucking up. So Lucky <laughs> put me in the game with these dudes, but then Lucky was on a cold mission. He went and did what he had to do, and then he got violated again, right? To, you right. Know, he was up in that motherfucker getting violated again. So anyway, so these motherfuckers here, just so you know, we on Melrose, Brooklyn Project. Right here was our office for a long time. Stanley and Melrose, the Starbucks was cartoon in Estevan's office. We worked out of there. We had the photoshops on Beverly by the El Coyote. This is what, like... Like, we didn't really have a spot. We were in Hollywood. Me being from Hollywood, yeah. these motherfuckers gravitated towards me, and I gravitated towards them. Because, I, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I'm a dope fiend. I'm a fucking gang member, but I'm a hustler, too. Yeah. And I like to hustle. And the motherfuckers doing, you know, they're doing positive things in the hood, and I can see. So I seen the potential. Like, I was rolling with Cartoon, just for the listener knows. I'm sitting with Cartoon, man. Cartoon looks over at me and says, hey, do you visualize me actually uh, designing a Nike shoe? And I'm like, yeah, I could see that happening. So it's like, you know, it's like that's how we we enlighten each other, man. It's like, right. like I'm gonna build you. You're gonna be like, maybe you should stop smoking today, Lepke. Let's go a whole week without smoking. Let's stop doing this. Let's do this. Let's go to the gym at one o'clock in the morning. Let's let's do. We could do whatever the fuck we want. So that's how a lot of the shit started, you know. Okay. So 
So and, and not, wait, not to interrupt. Yeah, but, go ahead. Skinhead head rock. On, on, a, on a similar note, like he said, like it's not surprising for for Akuna to do a Nike shoe. Right. And, and like to go back to the Pacino and De Niro pick. Yeah. Like I remember when that happened. And yeah, I thought it was cool as shit, but it didn't surprise me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because surprised that's the fuck Stevan, out of me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> because of course he took that picture because that's what he does. You right. know what I'm saying? And he was happy to take that picture, but they should have been happy he was taking that picture of them. You right. know what I'm saying? Because right. he's that dude. Right. You know? So like and maybe it's just me being jaded because I was around so much of it and seeing all the talent and yeah. seeing all the different shit that he was filming and, and photographing and all the people Toons was doing shit for and the tattoos and the airbrushing and the logos. That None of it surprised me anymore. And I was always impressed by everything. Right. You know, and but it all just seemed to, yeah, of course this is happening. Because, because that's this, who he is. This is Estevan and this is cartoon. So yeah, of course this is happening. Right. You know? So 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 gentlemen, now that I've got you here and we've laid that all out, Skinny and Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh <clears throat> what what part or um how did Estevan approach you to be in the project for uh the movie, LA Originals? He just hit me up and said, Doing this thing. <clears throat> Wanna do an interview? I was yeah. like, Of course. Right. You know? I mean it's that's my brother, you know, soul assassins, you know, I, there's nothing I wouldn't do for any of them dudes. So, of course, if I'm going to even be thought of and considered to be a part of something that's so amazing, such as yeah. LA Originals, you yeah. know, because I've looked up to these dudes forever, you know, and besides being family, like I'm I'm a fan, you know, right. so it's a, it's a huge honor for me to be my name even come up, let alone be in it and stuff, you know, right, because you just got done hearing how a lot of people didn't make it. Because yeah. the film wasn't big enough. Yeah. Well, and listen, we're going to get to the star in a second. There ain't no star. Don't be like that. Seriously. Don't be I don't look at it like that. I'm the I same. Do. I do. I, I know. I hear I, you. Hey, hey, hold on. But look. Hold on. Wait, it's like, a lot to it, man. Hey, hey, because, wait, 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 let me just show you. No, we tell Esteban's taking We don't need him right now. We can do this without him because we got, you got me and him up here. Me and this dude right here that's sitting next to me, we got a lot because we were living down in there. We were in there day in and day out. So you see, you don't even know that yet. Wait, wait, wait. See, there's a lot of there's a lot of history. With just me and this dude, I'm serious. Uh, so, skin hair rub, serious. Tell him, bro. Yeah, skin hair. What's your best huh? old school Lepke stories? Like, oh, what, how man, did you we come got up? too many. Come, come on, on. I mean, pick a couple. Oh, throw, man. I don't even know if I can narrow it no, down because no, so at one point, right when the, the studio tune right. and scan studio is right here, yeah. and the gun club is right here, yeah. And here's the building I lived in, yeah. So, I was over there every day, right? Every night, right? You know, same with this dude, yeah. I mean. One of the great ones that comes mm-hmm. to mind is when uh, mm-hmm. old boy Kanye West came to get tattooed. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm not Damn. a fan, you right. know, whatever, but I, I, I got nothing against the dude. I right. mean, he's lame. Right. But, <laughs> you know, it's but he's whatever. But got he's got his success. But I'm not about to fuck up Toon's money because he's going to tattoo him. You right. Know? right. Anyways, he shows up. He's giving some... Late. Weird, he, you know, you should, he's, he's trying to art direct Toon on it how was to late. draw his tattoo and everything. You what? know what I'm saying? And whatever, you know. Right. Toon does his thing, kills it. But, you know, me and Lep are there, and this dude's Kanye's security is asleep on the couch. Yeah, oh, that was his. I thought it was Kanye asleep on the couch. No, it was his it was security. security. Yeah, well, I, I, I checked him. <laughs> Quick. I'm like, what you? I thought it was all. <laughs> Lev looks at me, he's like, let's rob yeah. these motherfuckers. Yeah, like, no, I thought he was a homeless man. I'm like, I'm. I'm I'm yeah. down. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time, we're like, we can't do that. You know, fuck, no, we fuck don't fuck up Toon's money. Yeah. You know? right. 
You were I mean, about to, you uh-huh. almost robbed Kanye West security. They were up there late, well, not man. Just, just, we would have got everyone. Like, listen, if, right, if, if, if right. it was a different, if it was a different uh, setting, yeah, we, we weren't gonna. It was way out know, up there, man. But he, it wasn't our place to do that because, out of respect, of course, for Tune right. and Esteban, it was at, it was at the shop, you right? Know, you didn't so. want to you didn't want to salt up whatever was going hey, on there. But. Hey, hey, for the listener, man, they were running that like the way Andy Warhol had his spot. What was it factory or the something? Factory, that's yeah, right. that's how that shit was ran. Because I know I got a lot of little history on on Joe D'Alessandro and those movies Andy Warhol made. Yeah, so we'd always look at that situation like 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 cartoon and Esteban. They were the you know. The, the the like Andy Warhol and the and the like because we had the factory the Soul Assassin Studio was the factory man right and that's what it was man and it was like and you hear some people like in that documentary I noticed because you know they said you know somebody mentioned like this place is guarded it's protected and it's sacred ground so like there wasn't a whole bunch of scandalous shit even though that even though I was scandalous at the time and I yeah. was fucked up doing shit but I would bounce back I some days you catch me when I wasn't fucked up and yeah. I was in a good shape and that, that, around that time. Just so the listener knows, what you were viewing right there was at a time when I had gave a number up. Because I need, you know, the people probably wondering, like, because I didn't look good. So I had well, gave, well, well. I had, you look sucked Well, just up. check this out. I had gave a number up. Yeah. Right? And that was the worst thing that could happen to me was, the worst thing that can happen to anybody, if you, if you have the state of California controlling your whereabouts and what you're doing and keeping track of you, what ends up happening is uh, they usually end up, they don't let you get that bad of what the viewer was seeing. So right. I got to the point to where I was no longer on parole. Yeah. The police weren't arresting me. Yeah. They were just letting me do my thing as long as I wasn't like robbing I was robbing people I was robbing anything <laughs> anything that wasn't nailed down yeah like like, like like homeboy I'll tell you like and so what saved me was I ended up uh, I ended up robbing a, a spot on a, I, I burglarized it on on, on, a, on Central and 7th the okay. Rivers Motel which is a SRO which stands for a single room occupancy yeah. I robbed it and they had me on camera I tried to take all those goods over to the homie right here and he was like nah man you can't be bringing stolen shit over here for and, look, and then I don't know how a piece of shit on paper got. He's like, this shit on the paper in the bag. You know what I'm like? You know, so it was all. What, what he mean by that is yeah. was, he brought over well, a lot of shit. Some computer equipment. Yeah. That had a piece of toilet paper stuck, stuck to inside, it. Yeah. That was stuck to it with shit. Yeah. He was, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Let man? me ask you something. Rocks yeah. of stolen shit over that had right. toilet paper stuck to it. That was not even know, good shit. You didn't even bring good shit. You brought real know, shit. No human shit. Yeah. yeah it was like it got, he said, "This is the shit." Yeah, right. yeah and it was. <laughs> yeah, it was but I got a question for you, Lefty. Yeah. On that, did you know how much of this footage was going on the documentary. You know, like, you, when you watched it the first time, were you like, did you know no, I that called that you. much? I had called you. I remember like, that bro, we talked. Right? Wait, wait, so wait, you, wait, you, you were like, kind of like, I haven't I watched it yet. Wait, 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 I'm going to be honest with you, man. Go it's ahead. like some point of me, like, like I already knew, man, because he had came to my spot, man, and he was showing me that he goes, this is what, what the editing looks like. And he showed me a whole roll of shit with me. I'm like, that's going up on the film. He's like, yeah. yeah. I go, God damn, man. Like, I got to start shooting warnings out, like, because my son, you know, I don't right, know. Right, and right. it was like a whole big old deal, right? But it didn't matter, man, because at the end of the day, my, my, my son ain't. 
right? My son, and you know, like whether he finds it or not, like it doesn't matter. Like to me, it's like like the uh, the impact that the platform that I want to use for anything, man. Whether people see me fucked up or they see me doing the right thing, whatever. Because it's like the social media thing for me. It's like I'm doing a little bit, not as much as Esteban, but I notice that I have to take another 45 minutes to an hour every morning, and I'm actually like to be honest with you, I'm actually like like therapying people on my DMs, man. I'm right. getting people are like getting at me like, man, it, not too many people could come from where you came from and pull themselves up and do whatever it is the fuck you do. Because see, you if somebody what? rolls with me day in and day out, you know, I don't need to like a co-sign to shit, but it's like, I'm doing a whole different routine now, man. Right. It's like, I remember there huh. was a point in time, there was a point in time and, and Esteban and Lepke are real clear on this. Like you said, I, I left, I caught another prison term. Man. I got out. And when I got out, I was on a run for a minute, and then I got I got sober. I got cleaned up because Lepke directed me over to Walden House, right? Bro, so oh changed, man, right? like so, we could do a whole show right. on the Walden. So I start doing well, right? That's a good idea. We I could start do doing well, yeah. and I start putting my life back together. Right. And as I start getting my life back in order, and now business is coming together, and I'm doing community work, right? Yeah. Right. As Lepke starts. A decline. You start right. now. It starts dipping, getting worse and worse. I was. And yeah. I remember that there was a point in time where I was over at SA Studios a bunch of times, and Lepke was starting to come by, and it was right when you were getting really Bad, sucked up. Yeah. When it was points we saw, and I remember as me getting pissed off right. at Lepke, and Estev and our cartoon were kind of like, "Dude, man, like." That's don't sweat him, dog. Like that's you know he is what he is. He's on drugs. He's homie. And I remember, but I was getting mad because number one, I was on some ego ass shit. That I'm here. I am. I'm all this. Why don't you fucking do like I'm Uh. doing? And then the other piece of it, I was mad. And I think what I was even more mad about and upset about was that I put Lepke on. Like I right. brought you in, I, yeah. I introduced you to these dudes, uh, yeah. and now you're over here making a circus. Right. Sh- that's how I took it at the time, right. right? And I remember at one point in time going outside, and I was like, right, you were I ready. got yeah. in your Mugs face, too. and I was like, Mugs yeah, was too. Like, Mugs was mad. I remember I had came, this is when I knew, I, I came and the vibe was different. Like Mugs and them were like looking like, motherfucker, fuck all that, man. And right. Rob was even looking mad dogging me. I was like, man, these motherfuckers might boo bop me. I was like, it's gonna come. Yeah. Like it was getting ready to come. You Ooh. know, so but let me say so. But I wanna say, man, so, I wanna but, say right now on the mic though, bro. Right. That I just wanna say this right now, man, that a funny thing about addiction, bro, mm. because as I sit and I judge, and as Lepke started to improve his life, right, I started going down, man. Right. And I really became that cat. That Lepke was maybe not on Front Street with him. Right, I was on but Front I, Street. I was. I started going down myself, man. Mm-hmm. It was like I think that over time, right. Me and Lepke have been able to 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 find a, a place where we've been able to like get past a lot of that and right. finally come to a place. But there was. There was strife there at there, times. Wait, there's, there's beauty about something that the listener needs to know. The beauty about me and this homie that's sitting across from me is me and him never got hired, shared off a cook, or did any fucking scandalous shit. And I can say that as an honest man. And I'm going to tell you, because I seen his, because the same thing he's shit, because this is going to be a little emotional. We, we, we down with this fucking emotions do today. It, do it. We could do this. Yeah. So let me tell you. So what he's explaining about me, I was seeing the same thing, because I'd get at these homies. I'd be like, what's up with luck, man? They're like, fuck, homie. He's like, 
oh, and I'm like, oh yeah, because I can relate. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be getting the resentment because he's the one that put me on. So I'd be like, man, whatever. Because I remember one time we were driving like by where Duke and them were at and in Pico Union, and you was on, yeah, you was on a good one because you go, I need some Kool Aid, I need some sweets, and you had picked <laughs> me up from the Walden House and took me out on a pass. Mm-hmm. And you had already been out of the wall now, so you, 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 I was watching your decline. There. I go, man, I don't want to tell you, are you loaded? You're like, put that, you brought the Tupac tape. Yeah, this is a fucking towel. <laughs> he's putting Tupac, and I'm like, this motherfucker's loaded. He just completed the program, and he's out here getting up. Like, so I had to, like, you know, and then, you know, and then so what then. What did you say to he him? He had bought, you know, listen, and then he had bought a pad, and he was doing good, like maybe on the Eagle thing. I don't know. Anyway, I don't, I don't like, I, like, like, I look at this man, like, like it, it doesn't matter to me. So he's like, oh, yeah, he about he's that's when you was up there with travis mm-hmm. when you was famous stars and strapping it real mm-hmm. cool right so he's up there with <laughs> <laughs> real cool hey shout out man hey look travis hey listen so he's doing good like yeah. i'm like man yeah, yeah. i need like yeah hey, that was when he had that silver bro, truck put me on yeah. look like he's like all right so he's doing good we got oh geared up you know motherfucker you know fresh yeah. you know we, we we everybody got the f on we rolling yeah. like, hey you yeah. know we popping you know the next thing we know then i i i How's luck doing? I'm here. The police. He's like, where's the house? The house is gone. Truck is gone. Like, where's Lucky? He up in the pit. I'm like, what happened to the house? What happened to the truck? What happened to Travis? What happened? To- oh. And then now he got, now he's young, young and the reckless. Now we rolling. Young and the reckless. He's like, hey, homie, boom. Blowing up, boom. He's on the yeah. top. So you're going to the top to the bottom. Bottom yeah. to the top. top yeah. We're like, damn, I can I get it, man. All I'm trying to do is, man, all I'm trying to do is keep, you know, keep some cool shoes on, looking right. Stay, uh, you know, Walden House, man. Walden House. Yeah. Yeah, Just yeah but people. you know what? As Stanwalk, dog. He, he don't give up on the motherfucker, no, man. bro. Hey. Like, hey, bro, I... Right, I, right. And I even fucking was mad at Esteban on some shit, you know? Yeah. I, at, a, a couple times, right? Yeah. But, bro, I called Esteban up, bro, and it didn't matter what condition I was in. I mean... I call this motherfucker and I've been on the street for days with nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, homie. I'm, they're, they're on me. They're coming for me. I'm a, he'd be like, don't trip, homie. And he'd be here like, pop up. Like an hour later, yeah. Stevan being there. Let's, come on, let's roll, dog. I got to go do this. I got to go that. I just sit there in the passenger seat, just roll with them, whatever we got to do. They tried to have an intervention for me, man. Yeah. Stevan was all, he's the first one to show up and the last one to leave. Like, I'll take this motherfucker to treatment right now. You yeah, know? That's right. But I want to say, like, I got to watch, I've gotten to watch Esteban do it many times in his life, but I got, I watched the way he dealt with Lepke, man. No matter what Lepke did. Yeah. He pull up and left you be in the passenger seat. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm sure a lot of other motherfuckers were like, man, you, man, Lucky's on. Oh, Lucky's and man, he would never let nobody talk bad. He'd be like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck what they're saying about you. Right. I was always in the car with right. Stevan. Yeah. You know? That's why I say that again, man. Like that opening scene, I keep on telling people that. So my man tells me, if he, anybody said he did him wrong, yeah. they're fucking lying, bro. Yeah. You right. one guy that has not done anybody wrong, man, you know? Because, because that scene, listen, that scene in the movie, right? It's interesting. So, so many people weren't able because of time constraints, blah, blah, blah. But Lepke made it. And he made it. I mean, to me, he's kind of like a standout character in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, he's one of the ones that one that's talked about the most. Right. So what was the decision in keeping Lepke in the, or I mean, you probably always had it in your mind, but somehow Lepke made it that big in the film. What was that? Like, what decision was that? Um, because 
I had so much stuff of him going through all those times. I've had him go from 190 pounds to 300 pounds right. multiple times. Oh. I've had him... Uh, Lepke is done probably 20 years in prison. A little more. A little more. A little more. Maybe 25 years. Yeah, yeah like a little more than that. No. A year, three years. Right, right. right, years, right. He's the installment plan. Tell installment tell plan. Tell so he's also had that same installment plan on Skid Row. Right. And I I saw all that happening. Right. You know, like so and I and I was there. I filmed it. You right. know, so I had all that shit. Like the same way I had um like Cypress Hill, you know, from Woodstock to two thousand five, going from, you know, on tour doing you know, like yeah. a roller coaster ride with yeah. that friendship and that those times yeah i had the same thing with lepke but instead of you know him being on woodstock and on the stage he was on the row or in prison right so it was just another story of one of the of our family members that that i was following that i had all that footage of and it was like we had to show the different levels of people that we that we lived with and dealt with you know like i've known pepper the the mm -hmm. homeless guy from skid row for mm -hmm. the mayor a good 25 years probably right and i've seen him go through a lot of shit i've right. seen him go to prison come out ball-headed dreadlocks you know a full mouth of teeth no teeth mm -hmm. you right know, clean one day smelling like shit the next day yeah and I had all that, and I was like, "Man, these are characters that are in our life yeah. that are just as important to us as the Cypress Hill, as the as the great work we are doing, you know, on a on a prestigious level. Mm -hmm. We still had all this going on in our life that nobody really knew about. Like mm -hmm. nobody knows about the real the lows in our life, right? Right. So." I had footage of Lepke and I was like, Hey homie, can we, can we put this in? And he's like, damn, you want to put all that in there? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's like part of the story. But at the end you come out, you're winning, you know? Yeah. But you're one of the only men that could take it. They could, you know, be like, yeah, put that shit. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, give a fuck. Right. The really truth. did it. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Cause a lot of other people are like, I don't want that shit on me in there. Right. Don't right, put that right, in right, me in there. Right. Don't put this in there. Don't put that in there. Like, Oh, everybody would. Nobody would be, was is down enough for that. What? What's? <laughs> wait, wait. So what? Everybody wants to look good all the time. Yeah. Everybody what? wants to be like, okay, just put me with my good side and just put me when I'm doing great. You know, like not real shit. Yeah, like not like when you're in the fucking down in the dumps. Like if I, I have. There's a lot of times I didn't film Lepke and I didn't shoot pictures of him, and those. Probably would just have motherfuckers crying mm. if they saw that. that well, it's interesting that, that type of shit. It's interesting that you say that because I, when I rolled up on him, yeah, a couple of times I had my family in the car, I had my wife and my kids in the car, and I was like, "Hey, let's go see if Lepke, if we find Lepke." And when I pulled up on him, he was he was asleep on the ground. Yeah, and I told him, "Hey, man, I got out of the car. Mm. I was mad as fuck. I was like, because you know, to me, this is my brother." Right. On the ground sleeping on, it was on San Julian in between 6th and 7th. And if you don't know about it, go right. down there and check it's it like out. It's like one of the grimiest. Picture players. Lepke there. Yeah. He had, he had his, he was wearing pants and he had like maybe an extra large shirt 
a button up yeah. that he couldn't button because it was too small. And he wears 3X. Right. Just so you can get the, the, the sizes right. Right. So I roll up on him and there he is like, he was sweating, knocked out on the floor and there's fools like taking stuff and walking off with it. Yeah. You know, like he had like bags of clothes and I seen like, like other guys like walking up to a bag and like taking like a t-shirt out of it and like holding it up and walking away with it. Yeah. And I, and I walk out, I go, Hey homie, what are you doing? And he's like, Whoa, whoa, what's up, G? What's up? You know, like, like, like I went to his house to have lunch. I go, what the fuck are you doing, man? Get no, up, no, fool. No, no. And I go, where's your shoes? He goes, what, what do you mean? He's like, I go, where's all your shit at? He goes, what shit? And I go, your mom says she brought you some stuff down here. Or somehow right. He had, That's right. He had yeah. a couple bags of stuff. Yeah. And he was Mama. all gone. Right. Yeah. And I think that's some of the stuff that the people were like, oh, look at this taking. shirt. And taking, walking away with it. But it was like away from him. So I didn't tie it together. I, or I would have went back and been like, hey, motherfucker, give me that. That ain't yours. You right. Know? So I'm, I'm waking him up and I'm like, hey, man, you know, what the fuck are you doing to yourself, homie? Like, look how you got yourself. You mm. think this is cool? Yeah. You think you're doing the, the, the right thing? And he's all, what, 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 homie? You know, like, like if I, like I was wrong for being mad at him. Mm. Right. And, and I go, I go, look at, look. And I look back at my family in the car and they're, they're crying. They're crying. I go, look, yeah. look right there, motherfucker. That's how you, that's, yeah. look at what impact you have right. on people that love you. Yeah. And look what, like, you know, what about you? You don't love yourself, homie? Like, you, you that, you're that low where you think this is cool? Like, get in the car, homie. Let's go. You need a shower. You and need did to he get in the car? No, let, 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 let me say something. So I remember, too. Yeah, no, okay. So I remember, like, I had, I was, like, I was in the spot, man. And, uh, and, and you know, I have a, and, and, and whenever you're addicted to heroin, man, it's a, it's a physical addiction. You have to have that drug in order to feel normal. So we're in Buena Park. I got all the way to Skid Row. I don't know what happened. I was there. And I was getting high, man. And it was nighttime. And Toons and his old lady pulled up, man. And they got out. And, the, and, and, and I was, I, I was coherent, you know. I was, I was was high. I had you know I had enough dope. Yeah. What I had was I had some dope that the dude was trying to sell for me, and and I had put it in his hand, and we were gonna sell it. And then so what happened was he was making the sales, and he had just sold everything. And then Toons pulls up in the in the 2000 and Escalade that he bought with his girl, and 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 I remember Betty Boo, you know, she got out, Julie got out, and she's like, "What are you doing right here, man? Like, what's up?" And I just want to say like this. So I'm out there, and Toons is like, "What? Like, like we ain't offering you like cool shit, man? We got you, you know, you're in the pad, you know, I, you know, we got the ride, you know, I got you on, you know, I got you under my wing. I mean, like, what's up?" And I'm like, "Bro, you know, like, and it hurt me, man, to like let them know that I I, I was choosing, you know, that dope that I had." just sold and then i thought to myself when they were pulling away i go fuck i wish that he wouldn't have sold the last few bags because i would have grabbed them right. and just left with those dudes but everything like like where i sit today i sit amongst everybody like in this circle not, not as a man but as a true miracle to see that man and to like somebody asked me like they've asked me like what do you like someone just got at me on the thing they're like 
What is it that, like, what, what, what's transpiring through you after seeing that footage? Like, what, like, 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 what's the, like, the solution to what's, what's put out there in the documentary? I just answered the dude. And I go, the main thing that's transpiring through me today on the podcast of the Hard Luck Show or on LA Originals or any platform of this situation is the fact that there is not enough individuals that have done time that are in the community i know like i look on the instagram i know all these guys are trying to do a gang summit and put these youngsters together and do whatever there's never going to be enough of that so if we just take a little bit of that at a time and we incorporate it like right now we're on a fucking lockdown because there's a virus and there's all this fucking way out shit but it's gonna end because you know they want to open the thing up i mean like we're in a bad place but just so like somebody like like there's there's like it's it's cool to be a good guy and come out and uh and I changed my life drastically man and it, it wasn't you can, easy you can listen it wasn't easy you can see, of course it wasn't easy look i <clears throat> all of us i mean a lot of us anyway here mm-hmm. uh, have some sober time right, right? and that, that ain't easy it's a miracle well, for anybody but april 26 gets right gets better mm. listen april 26 i'm going to have 18 years amen oh, yeah thank the lord and you can see in the documentary Right, mm. the before and after. Right, I mean it's like two different guys almost. Absolutely. Right, when you're sitting there, and you know, um, I was talking to Sean. Sean watched the movie, right? And Sean, what was you? What What did you? What happened? Tell the story about what happened to you when you saw everything. Um, there were well, there's two spots in the movie where I got I got really emotional. But mm. one was, uh, um, was watching you let. And knowing and seeing that when they were pouring the water on you and right. that, that sort of thing was um, seeing you in that state. Right. And um, and knowing you that you had a problem that right. you were trying to get over. And to me, it was like one part of it was like they were ridiculing you. Well, and like you were helpless in, in some well, sort of right. sense. And like coming from that, I just got... I. Because I know you, so right. I've, I've met you, you know, and you've been on the show and, and right. all that sort of thing. So I, there's a different connection there, and seeing you in that state made right. me really. Yeah, but I was emotional. cool with that. You got to. He said, "Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. But, but listen, because we we also heard mm-hmm. that Estevan, and Mr. Cartoons, and and Steve and everybody was also trying to help you. Of course, but so just so you times. right, of course, right, right. But just like, so that you, wasn't just one time that he got a little too high. And we came there and we were like, hey, get up, motherfucker. And we we're spraying right. in the water. And, right. Ah, you fucking mother. That's like the hundredth time. Yeah, like, right. That we're like, oh, hell no. This mother, we're, we're going to have a business meeting. We're, <laughs> right. Gonna, right. we're going to meet the people. Right. And yeah. there's our brother, our, our homie on a cardboard box set up outside <laughs> our door. Right. Like you can think however you want until <laughs> yeah. you're family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you a cardboard you. Yep. box right. outside your office. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh hell no! Right. What the fuck? And like, you know, he got off easy. That you know, of course, right. we, we took him. We probably took him to eat a fucking steak dinner and all that shit, <laughs> right. right? You know, just because we got so much love for him, right? But that wasn't out of a you right. know, like, oh, we're 
bullying him or whatever. Right. That was like, Cause, motherfucker, cause, you still don't get it or what? Because like, old Blue Eyes, yeah, he doesn't know all the history, right? right? And probably a lot of people don't either. No, you know nobody I mean? does. I have friends that know Go me ahead. for 30 I, years that ooh. are like, yeah. I never knew you'd shot Robert De Niro. And Al Pacino, <laughs> I go, you follow me on Instagram? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been on there. Is went on every bus all around the city. It was in billboards. Either I'm not saying that. I'm, the mic, I'm not saying that I would have done any different. But what I'm saying is that, like, taking it from his perspective and being in and seeing him in that state, that's what made me emotional. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure, but because because Sean knows you right. as no, I know you, which is like no. a super big, strong, no, right. positive guy, right. fucking green juice, so, right. and 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 listen, what he's not saying. Right. What he told me right, right. is that he actually cried. Well, yeah, no. He cried in that scene. Oh, that's All good. right, so, so. Yeah. I did my job. Right. So, look, you saw the problem. And you too. I hear you. You saw the problem. <laughs> now, 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 okay, so you, Lucky knows what I'm about to say. You dealing, we got a problem, man, so the solution, I got a solution. Yeah. A solution. Yeah. Right, one yeah. day at a time, four years, and yeah. some change. Yeah, like strong man, like like all the way to the point where I let people know. Knock on wood. Right, I have to let people know, man. Yeah, that my doing good and my sobriety and my clean time or whatever that is comes before my son. You right, understand? and I had to explain that to my son. I go, look, my 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 program and whatever I believe in, like fucking helping somebody, it has to come before anything, man. And I'm talking about all the way down to clowning the homeless motherfucker that was asking us for speed on the street right now. Right. Because I will help him. Right. I just want to see how far he'll go, but I do that today. But that's because it's called a living amends. It's because right, also, but if somebody but, filmed you just doing that. Right. That it looks seconds, crazy. Yeah. It looks they crazy. Thought, oh, what an asshole! What an asshole! Yeah, yeah. No, but he was all right. Side. No, no, right. no. But they didn't know that you right. fought. You went a half a block just right. to talk to him and chop it up with him. Right. Right. And then right. you know, see where his head's but at. The, but the right. but the reason why you have to be, you have to put your sobriety that far ahead is because you put your drugs that far ahead well, in at, your life you right remember, isn't that right I, yeah well I, I was like I yeah, would die for anything for everybody I would die. he loved right yeah. which means you gotta put your program before right. everything else too otherwise you ain't gonna otherwise is a potential right you only have today right is that's that's all right? I mean, right amen man only today man so I, I do what I, I can to do. I, I really do what I can and I really my heart goes out to these kids and these individuals who are out there like right now there's a lot of, we're living in a fucked up time, Chumaha. You know that. We're in a fucked up time. So everybody has to, even if it's just making a little bit of a difference today. Yeah. If it could amount to just making a little, like, like how many people are actually going out of the way to righteously making a, a difference in the world when it comes to just being, good morning, how you doing? How's your day going, ma'am? You know, open the door, let me go. Like, yeah. like instead of just being asshole. It took me a long time because I don't like nothing and I don't like nobody and I get amnesia. I get amnesia real quick. I could right. forget about like that fucking skid row thing. Like how what? Like I could forget like, but I'm not forgetting that, man. I even like, like I, I, I go down there like just recently I've been going down there yeah. and I've been seeing, I'm like, fuck, it hasn't even been this bad, Rob. You know, I haven't seen it this bad. Right. Like we were down there at a good time, man. The golden age. It was cool, man. Now it's like these people are struggling. Like... And they're in Hollywood, like just coming down here with Kyle, man, we're driving. And just coming down here, you know what I noticed? I noticed that fucking Hollywood is starting to like 
take place. Right. You know, and it's fucked up, man. It's like, well, like, like, who are we as a community? Like, everybody, like, the richest fucking uh, United States of America we're supposed to be with all this fucking money. We got all this bullshit. The whole world is locked down. Like, there, there's something that ain't right. And this is why I have a memoir coming out. It's called The Wake Up Call Has Arrived. It was a wake up call is long overdue. No, fuck that. It's the wake up call has arrived. Survival of the fittest, man. Story of an OG West Side. And then my boy Rob right here called me one day. He's like, man, listen, man, what, what, what's up, man? You know, we got, like, he's got writing. I got, like, well, like I'm going to bind it all together. I got this shit already. Listen, so I'm starting it like this. I'm starting a pandemic, man. This writing is going to start how the pandemic started and how individuals need to better themselves and uplift each other, man. Let's hey, give some on. glory. Let me, let, me, let me ask you a question. How, uh, how, what was your feeling about um, L.A. Originals? Tell us, about, tell us about the film when you watch it. Not just particularly your I, part. What's your perspective I'm, of the film okay, this and what they did? Okay, I'm going to tell you like this. So as uh, you, uh, like like these dudes that were at Touch, I know it touched you, Luck. It mm-hmm. touched Rob. It touched all of us. What ended up happening to me, man, is like I'm watching this thing and I'm, and, and, and I'm noticing that, uh, yeah, like 25 years. Like there's, there's not even a level, all right? I can't even like tell the, the listener or anybody the level of what they saw was good. But it's like these dudes been doing this like for so long, man. Mm-hmm. It's like they just um, – the society just saw a piece of it, man. Right. There's yeah. so much more to it. Like this thing could go on a level to where it could outweigh all the fucking Netflix series or whatever. Absolutely. Like, it could go here. Like just the fact that this dude like's been in these boxing gyms and has followed the sports in that arena, the skating, the you know, the other people that, that run clothing companies that he knows, like shout out to Bobby Tribal in San Diego and all this mm-hmm. shit, you know? Shout out to your boy over there, Travis, and the, the famous story. All these dudes, man. Yeah. It's like the level that that this thing is on, like the, the 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 listener doesn't even know. Like this is a good level, but it also should be a level to where, where 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 we're bring we're incorporating not only the uh, glory of, uh, of of the of the tattoo and the glory of uh, of the the picture and the photograph, but the glory of a kid seeing this like Toons did in that thing. Man, that's what touched me when I seen Toons. A lot of shit I I tripped out because Toons even got at me. He's like, "You didn't know I knew karate." I'm like, "Fuck that blew me away, bro." That karate shit, I was like, fuck, bro. You like, you did karate yeah. like that? That's cool, bro. Like, some kids that see that and some fucking kids that have a fuck. Because there's a lot of kids that have talent nowadays. I'm letting you be known. Even though the kids are all fucked up nowadays, there's kids out there with talent. There's kids that need individuals like Big Lepke, Skinhead Rob, Esteban Oreo, Big Lucky, Chumahan, Sean, fucking Kyle, and even... Yep, and the homegirl, like, like she's like, yeah, yeah, you're a model, you're fucking doing shit, everything's artistic, we need to bring the art level and the and the positivity to the, you know, into play, man, it's like, yeah. like we need people in the community, bro. I, I agree with you, you want to know something, I want to say this right now, because you brought it on, and I think that the key word here is consistency, man, and 100. you know, Esteban's, Esteban's theme song is grinding all my life, 100. and I'm going to tell you, man, something that... I'm going to be completely honest here right now. Yeah. And that is, I watched this documentary and there's a, you know, if I have to be very honest, I have to say that there's a a piece of me in it that, listen, man, from day one, me and Esteban on cartoon were building 
Man. a brand of ourselves. We we were Man. as Stevan was doing all the photo um, and all the music touring stuff and management. Cartoon was doing all the art stuff, and I was doing all the apparel stuff. Right. And that was like the you know. And Mugs had all the music shit on lock. You know what I'm saying? And these dudes, through I was faced with just the same things that Esteban was faced with. I was faced with the same things that Cartoon was faced with. But I chose to not be consistent. I fell off. I took another route. I had to go to prison. Then I had to go to prison again. Then I pursued drugs and alcohol and, and lost shit. And it was like, I watched what these guys had done together. And I said to myself, what if I would have just kept showing up, man? Right. right. Where would... Where would I be? Exactly. Where would I be in the picture if I would have just not ran away from the problems? If I wouldn't have had to go and do that, man. And part of it was like, I was angry inside. Right. There's a yeah. piece of me that's sure. like, man, dude. Like, And what they did was they stayed consistent. Right. They didn't give up, man. And I... I might come off on Instagram as this guy that's like, I keep going. Yes, I do. And I do keep going. But there's been times in my life where I gave up, man. Right. And I went the other way. And what stuck out so much is that through the documentary, you get to see the treats and the shiny prizes. Right. But what you don't really get to see is all the long, hard right. nights. All the struggles and battles that you had, you guys had to go through. And stay doing what you're doing man. for thirty fucking years, man. Right. I, I, I wasn't able I wasn't I wasn't able to do that. There's a lot of They were. There's a, there's a lot of talented motherfuckers that aren't consistent and they're nowhere. Exactly. Right? And I mean all of us know those people that are super talented and you think to yourself, man. They might even be more talented than me, mm-hmm. right? You'd be like, man, that's a, if I had an ounce of the talent, but they, because sometimes it's because they are so talented. Some people are so talented that they don't think they got to show up on Wednesday. They don't think they got to show up on Thursday. And as a result, they're never able to stack together an empire. They can't put some, And you know what, Steve? You're right. Like, I bet you a lot of people who look at this documentary, right, they probably think that, on some level, it maybe came easy. It came easy. Estevan maybe had like went to a seminar on, and on how to empower himself and had a plan all laid out and da 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 da. da. And you know, it, it's real easy in ninety minutes to take the highlights and make it seem like somebody's life made sense every yeah. single day, all day, every day. When in reality, uh, Estevan was it like that? Was it, did, did, you, did you know 100% all the time, every day? Did your life make sense? Did it seem like close calls sometimes? Did it seem like, you know, maybe it wasn't going to happen? Certain things weren't going to happen? Did it seem like there was, there was risk and it might not work out or whatever, but you just kept showing up and just kept doing your thing? Yeah, of course. You know, like uh, me and Toon's first office was my 84 Cutlass. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we used to have everything in the trunk. And uh, I had all my photos in a milk in uh, milk crates, and that's where I'd put all my photos. He had his drawing shit, and we used to go to coffee shops. We used right. to go to, um, what was it called back then? Kinko's. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's right. that was before well, Starbucks and before Kinko's became FedEx. Like, right. We would go there and like, 
we're like we should do a book and we would make xerox copies of photos and then we'd we'd paste them in a in like a mock-up book Mm -hmm. yeah and we would we just have all these visions and like while i'm doing that he would be drawing new designs for joker and We'd have Lepke there sometimes with us, or Lucky. At the crazy, stir crazy, right? Now, remember stir the stir crazy? crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that? I do Beverly. remember that. Stir crazy. We that were was in a cool fucking coffee shop. 24-7, man. We that were was in by that Hot Wings Cafe, man, right? Man, hey, 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 they talking about some, there. some gorilla shit. These motherfuckers were, man, they were gorillas in the like, game, man. I learned like that. I'm like, this is how you got to do it. Like, like when, hey, hey, when you ain't got no fucking office and you don't got shit, you just got the car. And then, and then I remember back when they had the, they, they had the China man in the front and they were getting the, like, like we got the China man here. We're going to put the spot down here on Hill. It's like they were moving around. They heard of the, the Santa Fe. So these dudes were like, they'd get a guy like, like it's like, it's like the hustle, man. It's just a, the legal hustle. Like, you know how you, you got the, the, the illegal hustle. You buy dope on the, this side you take it you flip it in hollywood for more like i was just telling kyle about that i used to buy the five dollar bags i buy five packages i take them up to the to the transsexuals on highland and, and santa monica and i sell them for twenty dollars i sell each five dollar piece for twenty dollars and i talk about i wasn't up there long because they'd be tweaking on that method they'd be like and i'm gone right <laughs> three four hundred in my pocket back down to downtown yeah. so for a minute a lot of people say oh we see you raggedy up there no i wasn't always raggedy i had a hotel room. i wouldn't tell a motherfucker what i had these dudes were doing the fucking game the same way they were hustling they were they were going to the record company to the photo company selling the photo putting the copyright doing all this out of the car you know what i'm saying it's called gorilla shit we were living in buena park paying two hundred dollars a month sometimes we didn't have no huh uh, hot water. It was cold water one week, hot water the next week. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about this. <laughs> it, the house looked like the trap house. Cartoon had his room. He had his room. I had the middle room. It was like, man, it was like, it, it, it was like the, like, like, it was cool though, man. It was like, you know, they, uh, it was family, man. It was like, we were good. We, hey, we, 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 the, there was lights, right? There was fucking uh, uh we had he had uh, we had the car we had the roof, motherfucker paying two hundred a month. It's like we never went hungry. Me and Toons joined the gym. I used to take Toons one o'clock in the morning. We're in the gym, yeah. right? Yeah. That's he when the skull of bone. Did he used to go? No, he didn't. No, he was on some other shit. Anyway, so listen. <laughs> so let me tell you what. I know he's had the bag and he had all the weights on the side of the house. So let me tell you what. So yeah, we were doing good, man. It was like it, it was like it was like 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 when I was in prison, man. We wake up, tunes. We go to get our coffee. We meet in Hollywood. He meet us. We meet. It was every day. It was that repetition, that not giving up. Like Lucky was saying, man. Let, let yeah. me ask you. And, 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 they ask. Didn't, and they didn't get every gig that was that no. came across. No, you know no. Like yeah, no, and that's yeah. that's a lot of people. I think maybe who right. who see the documentary they don't really they don't see get, all, this, get all the strikeouts they see yeah. the home runs yeah, yeah but see that's know. that but that's what I'm saying like I'm saying <clears throat> in the generations that are super literate in film so they've seen a lot of documentaries and they've seen a lot of different films and they've watched the arc it gets real easy to think that's how it goes. Like you, oh, you make the decision to get better, and then you you watch like Rocky work out, and then you get the muscles, and then yeah. it all happens. But in real life, there's all this rejection, yeah. right? And that doesn't make it into the film because you don't have time. Mm. You don't have the time. So you have whole generations of young people who think they know how the process works, uh-huh. and they don't realize. And I'm gonna tell you something. There's a movie that's called The Score. Mm. Have has anyone ever seen The Score? Oh, okay. Who's in it? 
uh, fucking Norton, Robert De Niro, Norton, mm. and fucking I'm uh, Ed Norton, Ed Norton, mm-hmm. and who's that fucking Edward Norton, and who's the um. Uh, from the Godfather that played the Godfather. What's his name? The Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, what? Robert De Niro, Edward Norton. Fucking fantastic film. Okay. And what's the other one with Pesci? Hold on. It's all called right. Public Eye. But this one's called The Score. All right. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a dueling story about two thieves. Two thieves. Anyway, there's a line in that. The old thief's trying to tell the young thief how to do it. The old thief is telling the young thief how to do it. The old thief is Robert De Niro. Old cat burglar. He's almost on his last one, right? And he turns to the Edward Norton, the young guy, and he says, and Edward Norton loves the old thief. He's a legend. And he's got all these great ideas and da 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 And he's asking the old thief, De Niro, he's like, how do you do? What's, what, do I, what do I got to do? And De Niro tells him, I'm going to tell you this once. He says, write down what it is that you really want in your life. And then spend the next 25 years slowly building it brick by brick. And that young kid did not want to hear that. And that's what mm-hmm. this ultimately this film battle is about. It's great. So, so a lot of young people, right, think like, oh, I'm going to have the same career that, yeah. right? Especially nowadays because there's such a, uh, everyone has such a sense of entitlement. Totally. You know, yeah. that, that that they think just because they see something on fucking instagram or some shit right that they know that these dudes have worked for decades to get and they're still working every day right that they should just oh i'm gonna get this too and it's gonna happen overnight it's not gonna happen overnight well because because there is a fucking i'm gonna say this i I can't remember where i I, i'm reading something on it there is a there's a difference between getting the label and then the conflict and the overpowering that comes to actually becoming what that label really is. So like when you get a degree and they're like, okay, you're a psychiatrist, you're a lawyer, you're a real estate broker, you're whatever that label is. That's the beginning of the conflicts that you got to go through. And after 20 years, you might eventually actually become what you're called. So if you're a photographer, right, right you, can, you can get the label the minute... You go to an art school or you get your camera and you start calling yourself a photographer, but you're not really a photographer until you've gone through all the conflicts and the wars that it's going to take to where you're finally able to be like, yeah, I, I, I am a photographer. I've earned the label. You get the label before you earn it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think there's a difference between a photographer and someone who takes pictures. Right. I mean, you absolutely. Know, I mean, yeah. I could take a fucking picture. Right. I'm no photographer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. I have two eyes. He has two eyes. But the way he sees things through a lens is much more interesting and, for lack of a term, better than how I would. Right. You know? And, right. And I, I know that. I'm the first person to tell you that because right. I don't have that skill or that talent or that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I think, I think people have to, um, I don't know, I, you got to humble yourself, you know, especially when you're around greatness. You know what I'm saying? Because right. Just be happy that you're around it and soak up that game if you can, because that's what I do with these dudes, with all these dudes. Right. Rob, what, what were tell us, Rob, from your perspective, man? Tell us about you seeing the film for the first time, and and what are some of the important things that struck you about this this movie? I mean, the first time I saw it was when Scan played it for me before it was done and out, you know, and um, 
it brought up a lot of memories, you know, because I was around for a lot of the stuff in there. And, um, but like I said, you know, parts of it made me really sad because um, those are some of the best times of my life, you know, with, with all you guys and stuff. And, um, and like Lep's parts too, because... You know, I've I've seen this dude at his best and his worst, just like he's seen me, just like how you guys have, you know. And um, I think it, L Originals is great because it's a very inspiring story, but it's also a very cautionary tale. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah. because it shows you not just the the glamour and the glitz, but down here on the road, Some you know, because that's where we were at was on the road, you know, and um. I don't know. I, I, I I'm just I'm just proud of these dudes, you know, and I'm 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 super thankful I got to be included in it. You know, that that, that shit means the world to me, you know. Um I mean I'd be just as happy if I wasn't involved just because right, I love these good, dudes, man. you know, and sure, of course. And it's it's well deserved that, that people finally get to see this and, and, and know the history behind it and know how much work these dudes have done and and the whole the whole family tree, you know, soul assassins. And I'm proud of all my homies, you know, uh-huh. like all you guys across the board. And this is just one more step in letting people know that this is what it is, you know, and this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. It's how, how these guys do it. And I mean, you can't take it away from, them, you know, the, the, the talent and the, the perseverance and, um, there's a lot of people who try and do what they do. You know, we all know that, you know, right. across the board, whether it's the photography or the tattooing or the, the art and logos, like a lot of their stuff gets, you know, imitated. But um, that's the, you know, most sincere form of, you know, flattery, flattery or whatever, however the saying goes, you know what I'm saying? Imitated and, is uh, right. And, um, but it's, uh, I thought it was fucking great. You know, I thought it was a an amazing piece of work, and I'm, I mean, I I just know that there's so much more than what could have got, than what got put into 90 minutes because you can't fit everything into an hour and a half with these dudes and their history and the stuff they've done, they've done their accomplishments. Just because it's, it could be an ongoing series forever, and you're still not going to get all that shit in there. No, it's too much. You know, right? And the the people we've came across and and the characters that have come in and out of the studios and everything, you know? And it's like, um, I, I, I could just, I can't recommend it enough to people who haven't seen it, mm-hmm. you know? And I, it's a great American it, film. It's a fucking great, it's a great movie. And it's, it's a very important part of history, not just LA history, but I think, um, just history in general, American because, because history. It, it talks about so many different things, not just, he's photographing people in bands or he's photographing, you know, chicks or this or that. It's like, there's so much, or it's cartoon just tattoos 50 cent. Not nah, like it's so much deeper than that. And the, and the work and the blood, sweat and tears that, that go into it, that the people don't even, don't even know about, you know, there's a story behind every tattoo, man. He's tattooed on yeah. him. You, wow, oh, absolutely. We, there's a say, story behind all these. Absolutely, something I want to tell you, Stevan, why we're on the show. And I said it when we were on 
uh, DJ Ski when we were doing the live stream on it. And that is that there's some young people that could basically that are maybe in the culture and know about these guys that could look at their career and really be like the last 10 years these guys have been hot don't you know so okay we could even push another five and say there's some people in la that are like know about some shit they're like these motherfuckers are in the rap game and like that's that one you know you know but what i'm gonna say is is 30 years ago bro 30 years ago when I was down at Supermax and Cartoon was airbrushing and Esteban was road managing House, House of Pain, I'm going to tell you that at that point in time, I felt like Esteban was the baddest fucking photographer mm. there was. You were right. Okay. <laughs> you were right. And Cartoon's art, nobody could fuck with that dude. That's why I had him do every fucking brand that I owned, right? Did the artwork for every brand. There was no other artist. It was him. I wanted him to do it all. And I got his I got the third tattoos by cartoon. The third tattoos he ever did on anybody mm-hmm. or on my arms. And now I watch this man and I remember back then I remember motherfuckers doubting these dudes. Right, I remember the right. whole fucking music industry doubting him. I remember fucking magazines doubting. Him. I remember artists not letting Esteban shoot them cuz they wanted to go with somebody else. I remember them going with some other director. I remember going with other art direction. And motherfuckers didn't believe... They weren't seeing what we were showing them. People just weren't buying it, man. They were like, nah. And they went with some cheesy motherfuckers that ain't around right now. They And they were sworn up and down. You know, that ain't... That ain't that's some, man, that's some... You know, whatever they were saying, man. And at this day and age, fucking 30 years later, man, I watched the world slowly jump on this bus. Everybody. All the shit that's out now. Let me tell you something, dog. We were doing this shit 30 bro, years let ago, know, bro. Let man. Like, longer With than that. Ba- longer than that. And now, bro, I'm getting to see it. And, and this documentary is like, I, I always believed in you and Cartoon. I always, I always knew you guys were the best at what we were doing. Indeed. And now, it's just so good that this thing's out there and the world. And you know what the world's take is on it? Yeah, they are the mother bad motherfuckers, yep. you know? Indeed. And I just like always believed it, bro. It's just one of them things. I'll be like, I could just look at a motherfucker and be like, I told you so. But I don't even say that. But that's how I feel inside when <laughs> yep. I watch it. I'm like, motherfuckers should have listened to me from the gate. You didn't want to listen. I told you. Yep. So I just so happy of you, man. I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of Cartoon. Yeah. Proud of this film. I'm so great to have all of you here that you guys were really in this film, man, to show it, man. Mm. I'm glad I, I got a little cameo me. in that motherfucker. So it's just awesome having this show, talking about this. L.A. Originals, everybody listening, it's on Netflix. Drop what you're doing right now. Shut this show down and go watch that documentary. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful film. And there's a, this we oh, this is only the beginning. We only just got started. That's right. Skinhead Rob, OG Lefke, yeah. Esteban Oriol, yeah. and the team over here at The Hard Luck Show. We only got started. And with that, I'm going to let everybody go. Adios, amigos, from the Hard Luck Show. All right. All right. All right.